Well, I can tell you what, our God is faithful. And if you've lived long enough and put your faith in Him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He is amazing. And as we serve Him, I have learned over the years that when He tells us we have an enemy, that is true. And if you, like us, as Pastor Rodrigo was just saying, if you've lived long enough in relationships or long enough on this earth, you know that there's a real devil. And he tries to come against relationships. He co- tries to come against the blessings of God. He tries to come against your life in God. And we know there's, the Bible says that without what, no man shall see God. Without what? With Jesus sounds good, but there's a scripture that says without holiness, no man shall see God. That's what the scripture says. And the Bible says that it is impossible to please God without what? Faith. So we know that if we're going to be in the pleasure of the Lord and seeking His face, then we have to come to Him by faith. Faith is a key component of that. So if faith is key to us walking in the pleasure of God and coming to know God and receiving all that He has for us, eternal life in and through His Son, Jesus Christ, um, do you think the enemy is going to leave faith alone when it comes to targets that he's going to be aiming at? I would say not. I have been praying and fasting as we're going through our prayer, uh, 40 days of prayer and fasting. We're on day 22 in our Seek God for the City. I pray you're uh, keeping up with us there and asking God daily what He would have you fast. And, and in your prayer focus, uh, we are recognizing that God would be uh, honored among all leaders. We're praying for our leaders that, that if there's any scales on their eyes, they'd be removed, that they would see the glory of God. Uh, their hearts would be softened to uh, be sensitive to the Spirit of God, and that we pray for all our leaders to get born again. You know, one of the best things could ever happen to any country is if all of our leaders got born again and full of the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine how that nation would look? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, that's what we're praying for as we activate the exponential with our unity of coming together in this time of seeking God for the city. And uh, and also we were... uh, we're praying on behalf of business people today. That was our focus in your prayer walks, praying for business people. And then as the countries, we're looking and praying on behalf of Africa. And we've got Kenya and a multitude, a multitude of countries that are listed in there uh, for our prayer focus. So let's stay together in our Seek God for the City. We're coming up 22 days in, what, 18 days to go to Palm Sunday, and then we'll have another week, and it will be Resurrection Sunday. Believe it or not, Passover is here. Uh, everything is coming so quickly, and uh, we just, we just want to be in the right gear, going in the right direction, and this will help us do this. Prayers of biblical hope as we join together. So we encourage you in doing that. But uh, as I was praying today and, and seeking the heart of God, he showed me kind of like a little vision, just a visionette, you would say. And it was these uh, soldiers who were coming under fire. And, uh, and as they were, they, were they, they couldn't see clearly, there was smoke, there was a lot of uh, action taking place and things blowing up as they were coming under fire. But they didn't put down their weapons and they didn't run because they knew they were uh, under fire, but they knew they had to fight back. And, uh, and the Lord says, this is how my people are, are happening with their faith. Their faith is under fire. So I want to talk about that tonight. If your faith is under fire, this is a word to encourage you. 
to help, it can be a compass to help guide you and direct you through the battlefield so that you can come out victorious. Because let me tell you what, the enemy would want nothing more than to come and take your faith, to get you to play, take your faith out of God and, uh, and get looking at other areas for uh, your fulfillment or for your answer. Now, Hebrews 11 and 1, we know that scripture gives us a definition of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So as we are praying for and, and preparing to hear the word, let's just ask God to help us identify what's coming against our faith and how we can counterattack that and how we can come through this victoriously. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come in and do a work in us and through us in this message tonight, Lord God, that would be supernatural. Lord, we don't want to just go through motions tonight. Lord, we don't want to just hear words tonight. We want to hear you. Holy Spirit, we want to hear you. We want to feel your breath. We want to, we want to feel your power and your presence, Lord, in a, in a way that we have not uh, going through this day, as we've corporately gathered together, as we've worshipped you and, and ascribed glory and honor and praise unto you, Lord God, we, we, just, we know you move in to those, those situations and atmospheres. We welcome you, Lord. Just tell him right now, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Because he's the spirit of wisdom, he's the spirit of power, he's the spirit of resurrection, he's the spirit of anointing, he is everything you need. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. And as we welcome him individually, let us welcome him corporately that we might truly hear from the Lord tonight. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. So we're talking about a now faith, not a faith that you had last week, not a faith you had two, five, ten years ago, but a now faith. And that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not yet seen. So if you don't have any hope, then you don't have need of faith. Uh, because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And if you, if you don't have a hope and if you don't have a goal and if you don't have a passion or if you don't have a tenacity for something, then this message is not for you. And you probably would say, you know what, I, I'm just going to go on out to the coffee shop or something like that. But if you are a person of focus and a person of purpose and a person of destiny and a person of tenacity with a hope and a dream that you yet cannot touch, then faith becomes the bridge in order for you to get from where you are now to where you desire to be. Faith is the bridge that gets us from the now to the future, and it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So, so traveling through life, at times, there are things that try to knock you over. And I believe the Lord has me sharing this message tonight because something's been trying to knock you over. Something's been trying to knock you down. Something's been trying to knock the breath out of you. You ever had the breath knocked out of you? It's not a good feeling, is it, when you can't catch that breath? Well, the devil will come in and try to knock the breath out of you, knock the wind out of you to handicap you and cause your faith to deteriorate. So, so you must realize that your faith is under fire. There's a reason you're feeling what you're feeling. There's a reason that, that that anxiety is rising up. There's a reason you're under attack. It is your faith that is under fire. And the enemy knows that the only way you can please God is by faith. So if he can target your faith, 
and, and keep it under attack and keep you, instead of having a now faith, you're, having a, you're, you're, you're withdrawing, you're retreating faith, and the enemy knows that he is one. See, there are signs that your faith is under attack and are deteriorating. Uh, here's some signs that you might can identify with. One of those would be is if you're facing a problem and you're trying to figure out, you're trying to come up with a plan to get you out of this problem and uh, you, you feel like it's left up to you. If you can't figure out a way to get through this or over this or around this, then you're going to fail. Then everything is going to come and fall flat. That's a sign that your faith is deteriorating. Another one is if you're facing trouble or you're facing a shortage or you're facing a loss of some kind and your confidence is in an associate, your confidence is in somebody else, you're trusting them to bail you out. You're trusting them to help you make this thing work out. Then there's a sign that your faith is deteriorating. Another sign would be when you face an obstacle or you face a setback in life and, and the first thing you do is you just reach for your wallet or you reach for your checkbook or you reach for a credit card. That is a sign that your faith is deteriorating. See, God must be the foundation that you are anchored to. And if we're looking to others, we're looking to ourselves, we're looking to resources, we're not first looking to God, there's a sign that the enemy has helped us get our focus off of where the main thing should be. God should be the foundation. God should be the anchor that we are attached to. And, and, and Jesus didn't teach us to have faith. He said, have faith in God. So it's not just having faith as a concept, but having your faith anchored in God. You know the drill, every one of you. If you have faith in yourself, and, and, and if you've lived life any bit, I mean an hour or two, you'll disappoint yourself. Every one of us can nod our head, no matter how much we don't want to admit it, we've all disappointed ourselves. We've all said we would do something, it didn't work out the way we had worked on it to do, and we, we just couldn't do what we thought we would do. Another way is if you can disappoint yourself as much as you love yourself, then why do we get so hurt when other people disappoint us? Man, we're like we're putting a standard on them that we can't even uphold, and we love ourselves more than they love us. But yet we get all hurt and offended, and we get all twisted because somebody else didn't come through for us. Somebody else didn't, wasn't our God, if you could say it that way. See, when you build on yourself, you're building on muck. When we were building this building here uh, years ago, when I first came here in 1992, uh, there was a little chapel out there in a little parsonage, and that was it, and a little 20 by 20, uh, seven-foot ceiling, little storage building that was used as a fellowship hall behind the, the little chapel there. And uh, everything else back here was, uh, the, looked like the uh, fishing canes. What is that called? That you make fishing canes out of? Cane poles. It was cane poles and, and trees. Bamboo, there you go. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, so I, and everything was grown up. And I went, and I didn't have, you know, any money at that time, and I'm having to charge what I get because I've just got to get this place usable. And I go up to Roses, right up here where the food line is in, in Woods Corner used to be a Roses, and I bought this little, I think it was a 16-inch lawnmower. I, I, it probably said 20-inch or 18-inch, but it was just like the tiniest little red mower, something like you'd give a kid to teach them on, but it was the cheapest one they had. So I'm getting that to conquer 
this thing here, which is kind of not very smart. And, uh, and I remember every time I'd cut the grass, I would say to myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim uh, you know, so many more feet. I'm going to claim. And I would fight that bamboo, and I would fight it, and I just kept easing back, easing back, trying to take more of the property. Well, that stuff loves to grow in muck and wet soil. And the further I got back, it just got muckier and muckier and muckier. Believe it or not, that's where this building sits today. But uh, we had to dig probably about seven to eight feet down uh, with bulldozers and, 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 and taking the muck out of here uh, with the, all the equipment they took, filling up dump, dump trucks. They'd fill up the dump truck and those ooze would just run out of the edges of the dump truck as they would drive it out of here. And, uh, and then they had to bring new dump trucks in when it was all out and fill it all back up with sand and, and good proper fill dirt to give a foundation for this building here. It smelled so bad, the neighbors thought we were raising pigs over here. Literally, they thought we, had a, we were sneaking on a pig farm. And we're like, no, that, that's not the case. But when you build on yourself, you're building on muck. Or if you build on other people, you're building on quicksand. It may look like you can put your foot there, but when you do and put your weight on it, it's going to go down. If you build your, your, build your life on money, it's like building on a marsh. You build your life on like the government, it's like really stink mud, really bad. If you try to build your life on, let's say, an employer, uh, that's unstable soil because we're looking to others to be our source and our foundation when God says, what pleases me is for you to look to me. So if you build on anything other than God, you have no firm foundation. And the enemy sees that and he knows that if he can bring the weight against us, that we will crumble if our foundation is not firm. So if our foundation is God, he's attacking us there. But if our foundation is not God, he knows that we're surely going to crush. So either way, he wants to get us off of the foundation of God. So we have to understand that God is strong enough and God is firm enough and God is broad enough to withstand the storms of life. There's nothing going to take him by surprise. So we must have our faith in God. We must build our faith upon our faithful God who is awesome and amazing. And if you're not careful, and, and I, I remember in years past, this has been a, I got tempted here. I became like Thomas uh, through some negative challenges. I allowed my faith to deteriorate uh, where, you know, I would, I got to the place I had to see and feel it before I could believe it. Oh, don't go there. Don't go there. God wants us to trust him without the answer. Trust him without the fulfillment. And, and the fulfillment's already come and it's already done. It's just being delivered. The answer is already there it's just coming to you we just have to have faith in God and uh, so you know Thomas would have done good to read uh, Jude as well as it's helped me in Jude 1 and verses 20 and 21 it says but you beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost that keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life and we see the same thing in 1 Corinthians 14 and 4 as the Apostle Paul is teaching about uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. He said, he who speaks in a tongue edifies or builds up himself. 
We, we, this all comes from, from Jude and from Corinthians, from a Greek word, uh, okodomio, which uh, means uh, an architectural and construction term, which means to edify, build up, renovate, or construct. It's where you go and tear down what is not working, and you build up something that will work, to renovate your faith. So, so I believe I'm here tonight. I've, I've preached messages very similar to this as, as we keep needing to renovate. You know, when you uh, first built your house 20, 30 years ago, there comes a day you need to put new shingles on it. We're right now with our uh, uh, embassy cafe. It's uh, 20, some, 20 years old now, and it must have had 20 years shingles on it. And now they're, they're coming off, they're breaking, and we don't want it to leak. So we've got a project going, and we're getting bids on getting a new roof on it because... We have to renovate. It's not that the building, we don't want to throw the building away, but we know that if we don't renovate, then that which is broken down and deteriorated is going to cause uh, destruction on the rest of the property of the rest of that building. And the same it is with our faith. And he says that we can build up our faith when we pray in the Holy Ghost. As we pray in the Spirit, that it gives the Spirit the liberty to move in us and to do a work through us to build our faith up. And I don't know about you, but if I'm under fire and the enemy is popping at me with every missile and every a bit of ammunition he can to destroy me, and he's trying his best, and then living life is coming at me with obstacles and, 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 and circumstances that's trying to deteriorate my faith, I need to get in the active tense. I need to say, you know what? I need to take care of my faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, I can't, I can't tap into all that this, this supernatural life that that God has for me, so I need to make sure I'm taking care of my faith. Kind of like a roof of a house, you know, if your roof's leaking, you, you're going to probably, putting up new wallpaper is not a good idea. Putting in new floors is not a good idea. Some people say, well, I'll just go and buy some beautiful furniture and put in it. If your roof's leaking, it's going to destroy your furniture. If your roof's leaking, your floor's going to rot, and your furniture's going to fall through the floor you got to take care of that which is most important first, and our faith is what we have to take care of. And if you don't understand this, then, then you better learn to hold on because you are left to believe that whatever life hands you, well, that's just the way it is. And, and I don't want you to believe that because that's a lie. It was a lie from the enemy that what life hands you, that's just how it is. Suck it up. Deal with it. This is just how you have to live your life. Take it like a man. Or in this day and age, take it like a woman, okay? Uh, do whatever you can to survive because uh, you just become a survivor rather than a successor. And, and I'm here to tell you, God has not put us here as his sons and daughters in a royal priesthood just to be survivors. You may have been living in that mode, but I'm here to shake you up tonight and say, wait a minute, it's time to let's get some work done on our faith so we can rise up. We're not going to have this hold on mentality. God has given us purpose and destiny. We're going to fulfill that. We're going to make a difference in this world. We're going to make this world a better place because God in us had the opportunity to flow through us while we were here, the years that we were here. Amen. 
So, so you just be surprised to hear how many people just come to church week after week to hear a word to help them just hold on. I had somebody tell me one time, said, don't ever stop Wednesday night service. I said, why is that? This many years ago, uh, we had uh, just gone to two services on Sunday and we dropped our Sunday night service. They said, okay, I can, I can, I can live without the Sunday night service, but don't do away with the Wednesday night service. I said, why is that? Oh, Sunday gets me through to Wednesday, but then I got to come in and get enough from Wednesday to get me on to Sunday. You just don't know, Pastor. And, uh, you know, and it felt good. It's like, oh, praise God, we're going to always have need for a Wednesday night service. That's good. But you know what? I want us to be here knowing that we're getting our faith built up because we're going to the next level. We're not just hanging on. We're not just holding on. Uh, we're, we're not just uh, surviving. We're going to thrive. Amen. God called us here to make a difference. And time flies by really quick, so it's time for us to put it in gear and make the difference in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I have hope. I have a blazing hope. I have a fiery hope. I have a tenacious, relentless hope, and I'm not letting go of it. I have what I call an audacious, uh, an audacious, courageous, and spirited hope down on the inside of me. And I keep it stirred up because I have hope against all hope. You tell me there's no hope, I say, yes, there is. Long as there's God, there's hope. You tell me there's no way it can happen. I say, you know what? My God is specializes at making a way where there seems to be no way. You know, I, and I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm not going to camp out at the hold on mentality. I refuse to camp out there. And the reason being is because I have this hope that says, you just wait and see. When people said, you know what? You're going to fail. You, this, you and this Christian thing, I said, you just wait and see. See if your God can feed you like I fit. Just wait and see. You know, you'll never graduate. Nobody in the family ever, just wait and see. You'll never be able to succeed as a minister. They're the poorest people on planet Earth. You just wait and see. I mean, I've heard it all. I've heard them say, you know what? With the disease in your body, you're not going to live past 40 years old. You just wait and see. Because my God's still on the throne. Amen? And my God's still working in me. And my God's still working through me. Who died and made you God? Who, who died? Who gave you the last word on the subject? Come on now. Uh, so where my God uh, is, I don't have to worry about what words have come against me. So, you know, I, I tell people, where were you when God hung out the sun, the moon, and the stars? Come on now. Where were you when God took just a handful of dust and made mankind, for, fashioned and formed us into his image and breathed in our nostrils his breath? Where were you? You know, don't tell me what cannot be. My hope is in God. My hope is in God. And I'm here to encourage somebody tonight who's under fire. Your faith's under fire. Your hope is in God. It's not in your circumstances. It's not in others to help you get through this. It's not in situations around you. It is in God. Your hope is in God. Hallelujah. And, and, and when that's the case, our faith becomes a substance of things that are hoped for. It becomes the substance of things that are hoped for. So if I don't build myself up on faith, then I don't have the bridge between me and that which I hope for. So the question is, can you build up your faith? That's the question. And the answer, we just saw it in the Scripture, is yes, you can. Yes, you can. The Bible says that you can build yourself up on the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. I wonder why the devil has targeted the Holy Spirit, the, the theology and the teaching and the doctrines and the subject of the Holy Spirit as much as he has. I, I understand why. Because he does not want you to build yourself up in the faith. 
He doesn't want your faith to be built up. He wants to attack your faith, get you out of faith, into fear, so you're not pleasing God. You're not experiencing the pleasure of God. You're not, you, even have, you can't even have a relationship with God without faith. Faith is essential, and the enemy knows if I can bring in enough guns and enough uh, ammunition and enough uh, missiles and enough distraction and enough uh, circumstances to, to deteriorate your faith, and you have no way to rebuild it, well then, I've won the battle here. And uh, so, if that you praying in the Holy Spirit causes your faith to be built up, well then, I'm going to attack that. And I'm going to say anybody that prays in this uh, tongues, they're, they're crazy, they're, they're demon-possessed. I remember we went from a very traditional church to, uh, that, that led me to the place where I tried to commit suicide because I didn't know there was a God. Even though I went to that church for 17 years, I saw the right hand of God save my life. And I told my mom, there's got to be more. She said, well, where do you think we should go? And I said, the church that you sang in sometime back, they got something we don't have. I didn't know what it was, but we walked in there and those folks clapped their hands and those folks were, seemed like they were happy and those folks seemed like they had joy and those folks seemed like they had victory and those folks were, were praying and singing in a language I never knew and, and, and those folks were shouting and blessing and it was like, wow. And it was there I got saved. It was there that my life was turned around because I began to see that God is involved in this world. God is involved in our life and God is a, he's not a thought. He's not just an idea he's real and he can manifest himself in and through us and he has a language of heaven for us that the devil can't even understand so I said I, 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 I'm going all in now I'm telling you God if this is for me I want all that you have for me and, and I remember the folks from the other church said y'all better quit going over there we said why is that because they're demon possessed they're demon-possessed. I thought they were your brothers and sisters in Christ. Y'all had the candlelight the community gathering of churches, and y'all all had the candlelight singing about Jesus this uh, last Christmas. I remember seeing it. And here you thought they were demon-possessed, but you're going to sing about Jesus with them? You know, and they're like, no, no, they, they got this, this Holy Ghost stuff. They, they got the tongue stuff. They're, they're demon-possessed. And I said, I didn't say it to them, but I thought to myself, well, you guys left me so dry that I, I heard about a God that I thought was a you know, relic. I didn't know he was real. And here I see the hand of God moving. I see the power of God moving. So I'm going with where God is. And, and that was my thought. And let me tell you what. Uh, you got to stop being preoccupied by the touchables and the tangibles and the physical issues of life uh, where we fail to realize that there is a higher power. There is a higher anointing. There is a higher influence. There is a higher manifest of God which rules and reigns situations and circumstances that are beyond uh, our realm and area of authority. And I say thank God for it. So that means if no weapon formed against me can prosper is not just something I learned in, in Sunday school or at a vacation Bible school. I learned it's a reality because there, we are in a war. There's a spiritual warfare where the enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have God in me. I'm not denying Him. I have His Holy Spirit in me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are as well if you'll welcome Him. And there's no weapon formed against you going to prosper. That doesn't say there's not weapons against you. Some of you may be feeling the impact of weapons against you. Your faith is under fire. But let me tell you what, they're not going to win because greater is He who is in you. Hallelujah. So we got to get away from this mindset that if we are in charge, uh, you know what, then, then everything's going to work out because we know good and well it doesn't work out. Don't be ego-driven. Be faith-driven. 
Man, when I learned to start walking by faith and living by faith, you know, depression left me, sickness and disease that had crippled my body, was trying to cripple my body, had to go. Uh, generational curses. We were talking about that on the radio today. Uh, generational curses of poverty and generational curses of lack and generational curses of sickness and disease and generational curses of depression. And, you know, had to go. And, I, and we were talking on the radio and I said, I remember today when I got the revelation uh, and I put my foot down so hard I hurt my heel. You know, and the next day I could still feel a little bruise on my heel and it just reminded me of the aggressiveness that I, I took to say, I'm going to stand on God's word. And by the power of his spirit, devil, you stop right here. You're not coming in with addiction and take my children. You're not coming in with sickness and disease and take my family. You're not coming in with poverty and lack and going to keep us under. No, we are the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. We are going forward from faith to faith and victory to victory. We are more than a conqueror. We are more than an overcomer. So devil, you just as well learn to get out of my way because in the name of Jesus, I'm plowing ahead. In the name of Jesus, I will not be stopped. In the name of Jesus, I will not shut up. In the name of Jesus, I will not back down. And I, you know, like, like uh, Churchill said, you got to never, never surrender. Never, never surrender. And I'm thankful today they didn't surrender there in England. And I'm here to tell you today, you got to learn that when the enemy looks like they've got the upper hand, when the enemy looks like you're going you're to be counted down and counted out, just remember the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Greater is our God. They tried to count Jesus out, but on the third day the stone had to come away and that tomb was shown forth to be empty because the devil couldn't hold him down. And if the devil couldn't hold him down and we have the same resurrection power of the same Holy Ghost that raised him from the dead in us, then the devil can't hold you down. It may look like there's a tomb in front of you. It may look like a stone has been rolled at your gateway, but you know there's no power of hell that can keep back what God has for you. Hallelujah. Man, these, these principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, they try to wreak havoc here on the earth. And, and, and they try to come against us with great power. But greater, greater is the power of God for us than that which is against us. Hallelujah. My, in my 53 years of life, I've come to the conclusion that I can't do this thing called life well without God. So I don't even attempt to do it without God. I don't get, I get up every day and say, God, you're first. God, you are first. I am here surrendered to you. I'm here to live and love and serve and honor and work. And Lord, I know you want to advance your kingdom and I'm your man. You can count on me today. You tell me what to do. Tell me what demon to punch. I'm ready to punch him. Lord, I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of demons. Come on now. Because if greater is he who is in me than he was in the world, then I, I believe that. It's not just the song you sing. I believe that because the word teaches that and I've learned that that it is true that God's word is true hallelujah so I encourage you to do the same amen man in the morning when I by faith spend time with God and uh and I just I just feel like I get armed and dangerous and you know, I just I, I really feel like I'm armed and dangerous and I like you know shoot your best shot devil because I know who I am 
I know where I am. I know whose I am. And I know your final, your finality is you've been defeated. You've been defeated and you're under my feet. So I'm just going to step all over you. So I start walking in victory and I start walking on his head. I start walking in victory. I start talking in victory. I start living in victory. This is my mindset because of the word, not because I just mind over matter. I found the word is the, that, that which I'm anchored to. The, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for and, and the evidence of things not yet seen. And my hope is in the Lord. My, my established uh, hope and heart is in the things of God. I, I just feel like God just you know, sent me here tonight to prophesy to somebody. Victory is waiting on you. I just feel like saying that, that, that just victory is waiting on you. Take your face out of your pocketbook. That is not where it's at. Stop crying and feeling sorry for yourself. That is not where it's at. Stop looking for someone else to bail you out. That's not where it's at. I just feel, feel the Lord saying, declare victory is waiting on you. It's waiting on you. Come on, strengthen yourself. Build yourself up. Victory is waiting for you. Building yourself up, your most holy faith up, by praying in the Holy Ghost. Some people say, uh, well, I, you know, if the Lord knocks me out and makes me do it, then I'll do it. Then where's your brain? Where's your brain? Come on now. Here is the key to building up your faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul even says singing in the Holy Spirit. There's a key to building up your faith. And you want God to come in and, and knock you down and make you against your will? Flow his, flow his heart and language through you? No. You know, the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they spoke. They spoke. Who spoke? They spoke. Now, the Spirit gave the utterance. Because let me tell you what. God is always speaking. Right now. Right now. God is always speaking. The sound of God, when he said, let there be light, his sound is still right now. Vibrating throughout the earth. They take the smallest of a neutron and they get in there and they cut it open to see what it is and it's sound. The voice of God still holding everything, keeping everything here right now. So God's always speaking, okay? And he doesn't sleep or slumber. So you, you know, four in the morning, you know. So what we have to do is by faith say, this is what God's word says. So I and pray and ask. Jesus said it this simple. He said, if a father had his son ask him for bread, would he give him a stone? Or if his son were to ask his father for a fish, would he give him a scorpion? And he says, now here, an evil father, and not necessarily evil in the sense that this father was a bad dad, he's just, just saying this, this earthly man who is not God, who is under the influence and could be persuaded by demonic things, but here, he has enough love for his son to give him what he asked for and not hurt him. And he says, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? To those who ask. So I, I, when I got that, I said, I ask. All right now, I ask. God, I ask you for the Holy Spirit. I know that you three are one, that I don't understand the Trinity in its fullness, but I see the functions of the three, I, and, and I know the Holy Spirit is God. So if He's holy, I know He's not going to hurt me. So that's what people used to tell me. Oh, you get the Holy Ghost, He may hurt you. I seen somebody with the Holy Ghost run up to a, a, a potbelly stove in an old church with wood fire in it and lock arms around it, you know, and hug it, you know. And I've seen people walk on coals, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to tempt the Lord. I, the Holy, He's holy. He's not going to hurt you. He's not, you know. Now, now I understand. 
Okay, Pentecostals have really given themselves a bad name, especially in the early days, okay, because of this. Each and every one of us respond to an external super stimuli in a different way. Let's say, for example, I left the electric eye of the stove on, you did not know it, and five people walked by and leaned over and put their hand on it and it was on high. One may hold their hand and grit their teeth and go, mmm. Somebody else may run to the icebox and dive, put their hand in there and go, ooh. Somebody, may, somebody else may touch it and go, woo! And another one touch it and go running, ow, 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 you know, because they're responding to a, a stimuli that's greater than themselves. Now, I understand that. And in church, I have seen with my own eyes where our response, if you're not careful, people begin to think that's the Holy Ghost. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's your response to the supernatural stimuli of Almighty God. It's not a bad thing. I've seen people fall in the floor. I fell out. I've seen people run. I've run. I've seen people jump up and down and shout and scream. And I've seen people just sit there and cry. I've seen it all and I've done it all. Because we responding, that's our response to an almighty God. Now, now, now you go to a football game and you're responding to that, that, uh, uh, that powerful uh, coming together an exponential uh, uh, cheering for a sport or team, you know, and, and you yell and scream and take a big finger hand with the finger pointing up, foam, and you, some people will put cheese on their head and some people will put a big star. Okay, let me get, let, before I get in trouble, let me stop here. You know, and they'll do all kinds of things and they'll shout like they don't, they've never shouted in church, they've never shouted at home, but they're, because they're responding. That doesn't make them evil. That doesn't make them evil. So it's okay to respond to the move of God in different ways. And you don't poke fun at it, but you don't uh, run from it. Why would you run from it? This is God. You're going to run from it and go to a dead place where you're wondering where the casket is because you're trying to avoid stimuli. You're trying to avoid the presence of God. Come on now. So when God tells us throughout the Psalms, when he shows us how he wants us to worship, he shows us, he said, this isn't about you, this is what I want. I want you to clap your hands. I want you to shout. I want you to sing. I want you to dance. I want you to play the instruments. I want you to gather together corporately and do this. And he says, I want you to take the drums, the cymbals, the loud resounding cymbals and play them unto me. Take the stringed instruments and play them for me. He tells us, I want you to come together in unity. I want you to come together and lift up my name and ascribe glory. And he tells us all of this over and over. He said, let everything that had breath I want you to praise me. So it's not that, that some council came up with this. It's not that some you know, uh, bishopry came up with this. This is us responding to God's Word. He wants us to come here with the freedom to respond to His presence and, and, and to rejoice and to celebrate Him and not speak down or condemn. We're not here to impress anybody. Take off your I'm impressing somebody suit right now. You can strip it and throw it under the floor. You don't need that. We're here to worship God, to learn from God, to live in his presence and let his presence live in and through us. Amen. And here he tells us that we can build up our faith. We can be built up uh, in, in this 
praying or uh, yeah, praying in the Spirit by praying in the Holy Ghost. So I encourage you, I encourage you to, to hunger and thirst and say, I want all of God. I, 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 we're not going to call you the Pentecostal, 19th century Pentecostal. You know, we're not going to put a stamp on you. We are spirit-filled, spirit-led church, you know. You know, we're not going to tell you you can't wear your makeup and you can't wear your earrings and you got to put a bun on your head and it's all about the women. Poor, the poor women, they didn't get by with anything. Men, we could probably do about anything, okay? But nonetheless, we're not going to do that. We're not going to tell you you can only wear dresses, you can't wear pants. Now, that was for the women, okay? This day and time, you have to make a difference on that. But, you know, it's about experiencing and living in the presence of God and the presence of God living in and through you. So this word, oikodomio, um, uh, means to renovate. It tear down what needs to be, that's not working, and build up what is working. And, and, and we, need to, we need to, there's things in our lives that maybe needs to be tore down, just like we're going to have to tear the roof off of the fellowship hall, the, the cafe over there. We're going to have to take that old off so we can put the new on it and it'll last longer and it'll be stronger. So, so there may be things in your life that need to be renovated and taken off so that you can put on and go to the next level that God has for you. Now, when you look at a big city like New York City, you can know this. As tall as those buildings are, there is foundations that match that, that go beneath the earth. There, the taller the building, you will, you will know that there's a, a deeper foundation. You show me a foundation being dug out, and I can tell you how tall the building's going to be based on how deep the foundation is going. And I know with engineers, some of it's going out wide, but a lot of it's going deep. And, uh, and, and, and that is so true. The same is true with our faith. For our faith to become a foundation, our faith has to become the foundation that we build our lives upon. So we need our faith renovated. We need our faith built up. Otherwise, our life's going to topple over. And, 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 you know, when you came into this building, you didn't see all that six, seven feet under here of muck and all that stuff. And we dug even further than that to put the footings in. And I fell in one of those holes of muck uh, that we dug out. And it was so nasty and up to my waist. And because one leg was still on the land was the only reason I didn't get sucked up in there. I probably would have been poured in the foundation here had that not been the case. It was one of the scariest moments I had. And, uh, and, and I was looking for anything to help pull me out of that. I didn't realize it was so deep. Uh, so, and I didn't realize it was so soft when I stepped into it. But let me tell you what, uh, you've got to have a deep foundation. So I want us to talk about the four fundamentals of faith. And this is very basic, but it is what we need to hear to fight against this uh, warfare that is trying to erode our faith. First is this, faith is governed by laws and principles, but it can't be condensed into a magical formula. We need to know that, that, that faith is governed by laws and principles. You build up, you be built up in your holy faith. This faith has principles. This faith has laws that work. And, and you don't have to, it's not guesswork. You can know that when I do this, this is what's going to happen. When I say this, this is what is going to happen. Because we're, we're, as we study these principles, we understand where we can go forward and be a supernatural being for God. He didn't create us just to be, you know, just, just passing through and not making an effect. He called us to advance his kingdom. He said, occupy and advance, occupy and advance. So, so he's given faith ears. And when you walk in faith, you hear what others do not hear. 
And 1 Kings 18, 41, if you remember, Elijah was in the midst of a three and a half year drought and uh, he made a declaration that the drought is over. Now that was based on a principle. And the principle was from God's word, God says, when you turn from me, my people, you turn from me, the land will respond, the skies will dry up and you will live in a desert place. But if you'll turn back to me, he says, the skies will release the waters and the earth will bloom again. So, so here's Elijah going this principle. He takes the word. And when, and when he takes and challenges uh, you know, uh, Ahab and, and the, you know, all those false prophets of Baal and Asherah, and then the, God sends down the fire. There God couldn't because he's dead and dumb and never was. And uh, so God, the real God sends forth the power. Then the people, uh, they turn to God. And they turned to God and said, this is the true and the living God. So God said, when my people turn to me, the land will respond accordingly. So now Elijah, according to this, knew the law of faith was now I can, that faith has ears and I can call this in. I, I, I can call in rain. So he begins to call it in and he begins to listen for it. He begins to listen for it. And if you remember, his servant goes out, you know, and, uh, and uh, uh, keeps coming back and keeps coming back. But what was it he told him? He says, I hear, even with that one, the seventh time, you know, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. He says, I hear the abundance of rain. Nobody could hear any rain, but faith could hear what others couldn't hear. That's why faith also has a language and it says uh, it, it says what it believes that it will see but that is based on these principles and laws of God's word you can't just say anything you got to say what God's word says in Romans 14 and 17 calling those things that that are not as though they were Matthew 17 and 20 Jesus said if you have faith of the grain of a mustard seed and you say and you say to a mountain you shall be removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart but believe the things that you say shall come to pass you shall have whatever you say so faith has a language we have to speak to things we have to speak to things but we have to line our, our words up with the word of God. We can't just, you know, you know, say, you know, trillion dollars appear so I can be on the lifestyle of the rich and famous, you know. You, you, you got to uh, get it from God's word. Now, God's word said he wants you blessed in abundance so you can leave an inheritance for your children, your children's children, and have excess that you can uh, affect those that are in need around you and be a blessing to those who are in need around you, that you can make a positive impact. But you don't want to be a trillionaire just to be a trillionaire to beat uh, other billionaires in the world. Okay, but there's nothing wrong with a Christian being a trillionaire. And I said, we need a Christians that should be trillionaires to help finance the kingdom work of God. And uh, amen. So uh, faith has a language and then faith has eyes. It sees what others do not see. Uh, faith sees what God says. You got to get into God's word. You got to stop looking at your circumstances. You got to stop looking at the trouble around you. You got to stop looking at your situation. You got to stop looking at your checkbook. You got to look at what God says. It was Hebrews 11 and 27. By faith, the Bible says, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, and he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now, how in the world do you see he who is invisible? By faith. So by faith, he saw God and he says, I'm going to follow God and I'm going to leave Egypt. The most powerful man in the most powerful country in the world is not more powerful than my God. 
And if my God says it's time to go, it's time to go. I'm telling you, there's some things you need to put your eyes on the Word and see what God says so that you can say what God says and then have ears to hear the fulfillment of what God is bringing to you. And then the, the next thing is faith always moves forward. It never retreats. It never retreats. It moves forward. Faith people don't give up. Faith people say, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to die here. I'm moving forward. I love that scripture in Exodus 14 and 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Why are you crying to me? You left by faith. Why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel, go forward. They were standing at the Red Sea. Their first obstacle since by faith they left this most powerful land that had held them bondage. And now they've got this huge obstacle before them and this huge obstacle coming up behind them and they start crying. They start losing their faith. And let me tell you what. God says, stop your whining. Stop your crying. Go forward. So then as they begin to go forward into the sea, the sea parted and a miracle that had never been recorded is now recorded where God parted the Red Sea. Maybe your Red Sea has never parted because by faith you didn't move forward. It's time to just keep moving forward and doing it God's way. So I say amen. Amen. And then secondly, our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is in the faithfulness of God. I've seen a lot of faith people and it's so much about faith, 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 that our faith is in our faith. Let me tell you what, you don't put your faith in your faith. You've got to put your faith anchored in the faithfulness of God. And 2 Timothy 2 and 13 says, If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. So when our faith is in our faithful God, then our faith cannot fail. It cannot fail because it's in the one who cannot fail. He is always faithful, will always be faithful forever and ever. In Genesis, it was a faithful God who didn't give up on a faithless Adam and Eve. Praise His name. It was a faithful God who found Noah when a whole generation was faithless and preserved humanity so we could be here today. It was the same faithful God who called Abram out of his father's house, which was a faithless house, and He promised him that He would have seed that would be as innumerable as the sand on the sea and the stars in the sky. And it was a faithful God who worked with Joseph in spite of his faithless brothers who uh, tried to kill him and God spared his life and brought him into Egypt and he became second in command over uh, all of the, the world at that time. See, it was a faithful God who raised up Moses to deliver Israel out of a faithless Egypt with its slavery and bondage that led to lead them to the promised land. It was this same faithful God who raised up a faithful servant named Joshua to lead this new generation into the promised land after a faithless generation refused to enter 40 years before. Then it was our faithful God who raised up the judges to deliver Israel through the centuries as they sinned against them. The same faithful God I'm talking about, He raised up a faithful shepherd boy, you know his name is David, to replace a faithless king, Saul, uh, who was leading a faithless people, Israel, and God wanted them, uh, this faithful servant to lead them back to their faithfulness, the faithfulness of God. It was out of the lineage of David that the faithful one we know as Jesus the Christ appeared on the scene in Matthew chapter 1 to rescue His people from their sins. That includes me. And, and His faithfulness is the only consistent theme that you will find from Genesis to the book of Revelation that others have failed over and over, but God has remained faithful. Hallelujah! 
It is the same faithful God who continued through the book of Acts as He led His church to cast out demons and lay hands on the sick and see them recover and to preach the gospel message that led to salvations beginning with 3,000 the first day the message was preached. Hallelujah. And it's turned the whole socioeconomic system upside down. Our faithful God. And it is this faithful God who has allowed you and me to breathe every breath of air that we have breathed up to this moment. He has been with us. He has been the champion of our life. Every high top mountain experience you've ever had, it was God that got you there. And every victory and every success that you've ever experienced, it was not because of your faith, but it was because of the faithfulness of God enabling you. See, my faith is in the faithfulness of God. And I would encourage you, put your faith in the faithfulness of God. So that if your faith is low because of circumstances which can happen, and if your faith is low because of a shortage of resources, which can happen. And if your faith is low because of relational tensions, which can happen. And if your faith is low because of emotional depression, which can happen. That's okay because your faith is not in you and it's not in your circumstances, but your faith is in the faithful one, Jesus, who will not fail. He will bring you through. Keep your faith in Him. Amen. Amen. And in third, faith is not a drug to sedate you through this life you hate. It's a force to transport you to another realm of reality. You don't like where you're at? Faith can take you to another realm of reality. See, faith is not a coping mechanism. Oh, I had that theology for a number of years. Faith is it's not just this coping me mechanism. No, faith is our weapon of mass destruction. So we stopped looking to faith like, like it was Ambien or something like that, a pill that just helps us through life, helps us get through another day. No, the purpose of faith is, is not to help you cope with your situation. The purpose of faith is to change your situation for the glory of God. See, faith is active. It's not passive. And what you're going through right now can be changed by God. It can change by God. Don't think this is the end. Don't think this is how it's going to end. It can be changed by God. And now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. That's the only biblical definition we find for faith. But what you see over and over is the, in the Bible are demonstrations of faith. The demonstrations. It defines faith and then it goes on to show you what faith looks like. Why? Because faith is substance. Faith is not just theory. Faith is not just some philosophical thought. Faith is substance. It's not abstract theoretical proposition. It is acting on the promises of God. Acting on the promises of God. And Eli I remember with Elisha in 2 Kings 6, he, he, besieged, he was besieged by an army and a king and, and his servant got real anxious and, and oppo opposing forces were many coming against those. But Elisha didn't get upset. He goes to God in prayer. And he didn't pray for himself and he didn't pray for the situation. He prayed for his servant. And he said, God, please open his eyes so that he can see what's really happening. And when the eyes of the servant were opened and he could see, he says, oh my, there are more for us than there are against us. You need to hear that tonight. With God, there's more for you than there is against you. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't throw in the towel. No. Build yourself up in the holy faith. Begin to, uh, your holy faith. Begin to pray in the Spirit and begin to say, no, I'm going up and over because God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. 
I pray today that your eyes would be open to see your faithful God who is already at work on your behalf. I pray you'd see it right now. That, that God would open your eyes so that you would see that God is fighting for you. He is faithful to you and He's making a way for you. Hallelujah. And then finally, hope is the blueprint. Faith is the contractor. Hope is the blueprint and faith is the contractor. See, a lot of people think they're walking in faith when they're just standing in hope. Now faith, the Bible says, now faith, not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, when I hope for something, faith is between my desire and the manifestation. That bridge picture I showed you before, it's, you know, it's still there. And whether I'm hoping for a godly family or financial provisions or healing in my body, whatever it is, as long as my desire lines up with the Word of God, my hope puts the blueprint out that my faith begins to work to build. Hallelujah. Here is an example. Let's say you're hoping for a child. Hope is good. Hope is necessary. Hope draws the blueprint of what you desire. You need to get married. Okay? If you want a child, please hear me. You need to get married. A man and a woman need to get married. Okay. So hope draws the blueprint that you desire. But hope by itself is not going to cut it. Okay. you got to act on that hope. you got to put a little Kenny G on. you got to light the candles. you got to have a little nice dinner, get you some flowers. Okay. All this stuff. No. So, so not only am I going to pray about it, I have to put some active steps towards it. Right. See, for too long, people have seen faith as the opposite of action. But James tells us in the New Testament, faith without corresponding action is dead. See, faith consults the blueprint, hope, and then gets to building it as the contractor. So we have to see that our faith has to take action. And that's why it comes under such uh, warfare. The enemy is trying his best to take our, take our faith out. Our faith is under fire because he wants us to just live with hope. He's not afraid of that, but he doesn't want us by faith to build on that hope and take action by faith because then we bring in the supernatural power of God that no matter what the devil's put, he can put a mountain up before you. It's got to go. It's got to go. He can put a Red Sea before you. It's going to part. Okay? He can put a government that is more powerful than any government in the world to enslave you. And God says, I can release the hold and you can walk out of there free. You can walk out of there free because there's no limitation. There's no limitation. So hope is the blueprint and faith is the contractor that God would have us to build upon. So I want to leave you with this uh, kind of a, a little repeat so that you can walk out of this within your, in your spirit. Hearing the word initiates faith. Hearing the word. That's what we've been doing here right now. You're hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Hearing the word initiates faith. Okay. Speaking the word activates faith. Joshua 1 and 8. He says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and observe to do according to that which is written in it. And I will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. It's got to be in your mouth. You got to speak it. You got to speak it. So when you speak the word, it activates faith. That's why you got you to gotta 
and make your, have your confessions, you know, take from the Word of God. You know, say, I'm fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. I am a child of God. I act in audacious faith to change the world in my generation. I have no fear, no anxiety that's going to reside within me because my trust is in the Lord and I trust Him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's why I'm able to fulfill the calling of God and, and that God has placed on my life because I'm going to follow God all the days of my life. I am fully funded to do everything that God has called me to do. And I have no insecurity because I see myself the way God sees me. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And sickness and disease don't belong in my body, so I'm not going to make an excuse to let it linger. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to look at it as an enemy. This disease is an enemy. This sickness is an enemy. This, this limitation is an enemy. That is not who God created me to be. That's not how God created me to live. So I'm going to fight it in faith. So you got to see that. If you make an excuse for it, you'll live with it. you got to say no. And, and some people say, what if you never? Well, if I never, I'll go out fighting it. I'll go out fighting it. But I'm not going to surrender. I'm going to listen to Churchill. Never, never surrender. I'm going to fight it with everything that I've got by faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I've been able to walk in the sacrificial love of Christ because of the Spirit of God. And I'm going to be able to preach the Word of God all the days of my life. Come on, you just got to declare it. You got to declare it. Because speaking the Word activates faith. And then seeing the Word directs faith. So you can't just get faith in anything. You've got to get it in the Word. Let the Word be the roadmap. Let the Word be the, you might say, the architectural manual that you refer to when you look in from an engineer's standpoint of what the hope blueprints are being designed. Let it be according to the Word of God. By, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 27, by faith uh, 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 Moses left. Uh, uh, Egypt, uh, not fearing Pharaoh, because he could see the invisible, he could, the invisible God. You got to open your eyes and see God, see Him. You say, "Well, I don't see Him physically. See Him invisible. He's given us. He didn't. Moses didn't have what we have. We have the Word of God. We have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit of God." Hallelujah. And then you got to close it out by doing the word. You got to doing the word. That demonstrates your faith. Let me tell you what. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe that. And they tremble. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So you got to do the word. You got to do the word, which demonstrates faith. And I pray tonight that you would have your faith encouraged and your faith directed and your faith uh, properly, uh, maybe a breath of fresh air that has come in from the Word of God so that you could hear the Word, have your faith stirred. You could speak the Word. Don't speak that negative stuff. Speak the Word over your circumstances. See the Word. Uh, look to the Word to direct the, the hope blueprints that you're designing. So now you can take them and build it. Do the Word. Demonstrate your faith. Do the word. Walk it out in Jesus' name. Amen? Excuse me. Whoa. I probably one of the first times I ever remember sneezing in a sermon. <laughs> Maybe that means it's over. <laughs> Let's stand together, if you would, under uh, with me today. Please know this. The Lord knows your faith is under fire. That's why he sent this preacher, this sneezing preacher to you tonight to preach this message, to let you know what you're going through and why you're going through it. But don't give up. Don't give in. Don't surrender. Fight back. 
Build up your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit, by saying in the Spirit. Oh my goodness, I encourage you. You say, well, I, I don't know if that how to do that. I may be ashamed, but go in your closet, your closet of prayer. I go through the neighborhood and I'm walking through the neighborhood and I'm just praying. And I got ear earbuds in so that folks think I'm talking to somebody. They think, oh, that God's married to that Romanian. Maybe that's Romanian. I don't know. I, they, they can do their thing. They, they're raking their yard. And I'm going, and they, they wave at me kind of funny, but I don't care because I know I got to build up my faith. I got to build up my faith. I know that God is a language. God is a pure language that he has said he would restore. The prophet said he would in the last days he would restore pure unto us a pure language. We know there's no earthly language that's pure. They all got cuss words in it. But there was a language that God had with Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall that I believe is being restored. Hallelujah. On the day of Pentecost. It's where God communes with us one on one, not from without, but from within. Hallelujah. That I've got a direct uh, source. I've got a direct line where God moves in by His, His word and instruction and declaration. And oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit, He just knows what we need and how we need it, and He can do it. So I encourage you, build up yourself. Pray in the Spirit. You say, well, I don't, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, let's, rather than let's make a big spectacle of it, and uh, cause anybody to get nervous, I just say, you go ask. Go ask your Heavenly Father who said that I'll give you the Holy Spirit more than an earthly father will feed his child. I want to give you the Holy Spirit. Just ask me. You ask Him. And then you begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. And you begin to speak forth the utterances of heaven. Let me tell you what. It's a language. Languages have to be learned. So you're probably not going to be real fluent in the beginning. I've seen some people just get a word or two. And they just kept going the word or two. I Just like a little baby. He said, Mama, Dada. My babies all said Dada first. So they love Dada. No. I know that's easier for them to say than Mama. But nonetheless, it feels good for a Dada. And, uh, but just, begin, just learn it. Speak it. Let me tell you what. And not let it be some... in. Uh, the mental thing let it be spirit to spirit it's not it's not our soulish realm it's our spirit realm it doesn't profit your brain anything because you don't even know what you're saying but your spirit does your spirit that was created by God and Holy Spirit are communing hallelujah and building you up building up your faith so that when you come under fire you fight back and you come out victorious that's my prayer for each and every one of you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, let sons and daughters arise up out of here victorious tonight. Let sons and daughters who've been under fire understand where it's coming from and how to respond to it in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray that we would leave here pleasing to you tonight because we know without faith it's impossible to please you. That we would walk, we would talk, we would live by faith. Our faith in our faithful God to you be the glory, to you be the honor, and to you be the praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And some faithful folks said, Amen. God bless you all.